0: Welcome to the Transportation Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. We all know the old adage, you can't reinvent the wheel. In the automotive industry, innovation in electric and autonomous vehicle technology is changing that narrative pretty quickly. 3D printing, connected machinery, airless tires, you name it. The wheel is being reinvented, and the manufacturing tools that ensure quality and safe new technology have to adapt alongside it. On today's transportation podcast, we were joined by Paul Gatley, VP of Engineering for Bartel Machinery Systems. Gatley breaks down the exciting technology that's reshaping the wheel and its function for the future of transportation, and how Bartel is staying ahead of the curve with their machinery to ensure efficiency and reliability. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Daniel. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. I am ready to dive into more of what Bartel offers in the manufacturing world. I know you create a lot of systems that assist several different industries, uh, but one that I'm really interested in today is the automotive industry and the kind of manufacturing that you do in that space. So I know you've had like almost 40 years of experience in the industrial and commercial electromechanical machinery industry, which is fabulous, which means you've seen a lot of changes within the automotive industry, I'm guessing, and the manufacturing that lives behind it. So. Walk me through a little bit of those changes. You know, how have you seen manufacturing evolve in the automotive space over those last forty years?
1: Yeah, well, you know, in the automotive industry, uh, we we go to a a number of uh, shows each year, specific on the tire side. So I get to see uh, what what's changing in that world. The hot things these days are, that they're talking about are the both the electric car, which people are are aware of, and you can see them in the you know in the local community. You see people starting to drive them a bit. A big one that they're talking about coming up, though, is the autonomous car. Uh, So autonomous cars will be vehicles that will drive themselves. And uh, in the larger cities, they see them as being uh, in the future. People won't necessarily own a car. They will subscribe to a car service and you You may be part owner in a car and this car will come and pick you up each day and other people will be in the car or you might be by yourself, but you don't necessarily own it. The car will drive you where you got to go and then you'll get out. And instead of that car sitting in a parking lot while you're at work, that car will then go and pick up the next person whose work schedule is a little bit different uh, and go get them. And the idea here is that the car won't be stationary like they are today. They will always be moving. How that affects us, of course, is we make the machines that make the tires that go onto cars or part of the tire. And so in the tire industry, they see this as now being completely different, where a tire today on a car, if you think about it, is sitting still most of its life. It's sitting in your garage or sitting in your driveway or sitting in your parking lot. But in the future, they see the car, that tire being moving a lot more than than it is today. And how will that affect? You know the the life of the tire the car the the, the the tires and, and and so forth with electric cars the effect of course is weight uh, for for electric cars to to uh, do what they need to do they need to be as light as they can possibly be and the tires are are a part of that so everything that can be done to make the tires lighter but also their rolling resistance uh, to go down and there's a there's a number of things that are going on in the tire side where they're doing some pretty pretty amazing things to um, to reduce the uh, the rolling resistance of of tires, all to make the car more efficient and to get get them out there in in society quicker.
0: I love seeing that innovation and that change that you know as as our concept of what a vehicle can do changes the little things that go into it, like the tire, which you may not immediately think okay the tire needs to evolve to match autonomous vehicles but like you said i mean with a with a lifespan of a car never stopping and is just moving continuously a traditional tire is going to get worn out exponentially faster so that conversation needs to be had of how do you adapt the wheel, right? It's like you you don't you don't really typically need to reinvent the wheel, but in this case, you kind of do, um, which is which is a fun thing to be a part of, I think, on Bartel's side. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, things that you don't even think about.
1: Everybody knows that their tires uh, lose pressure um, over time, right? But how many people really put air back in them? Well, if the car is running more, if the tire is actually rolling more uh, in a shorter period of time that tire pressure means a big deal so you'll certainly see you you see most many of the cars today have tire uh, pressure monitors built in but in the future you'd probably see where they're going to that's going to be more proactive where it's going to you know require you to put air in that tire or whatever to again maintain that efficiency for both the autonomous car to make the tire last longer because the tire will last much longer if the pressure is correct. On the electric car, the need there is that your rolling resistance is lower if the correct tire pressure is in there. As the tire pressure decreases, rolling resistance goes up. So the battery won't take you as far as it's supposed to as it's supposed to take you.
0: Something that's really been interesting me is 3D printing and how that is going to possibly make its way into what Bartel is doing. So right before we actually dive into the 3D printing, I do want to know how has the technology that you've had to create, the manufacturing technology that goes into adapting these tires for a changing market evolved to match the market? You know, how, how do the actual machines that create the machines have to change to match these innovations in autonomous and electric vehicles?
1: Well, they, they've had to become a lot more flexible. You know, years ago, there were only a couple of sizes of passenger tires, for example, that were produced or, or truck tires. There, there are two different distinct markets, truck and when we say truck, we're talking about, um, you know, tractor-trailer truck, 22-inch, 24-inch uh, diameter tires, um, and then passenger, which was, you know, back in the day, typically 14 to 16-inch. 16, 16 would have been the light truck, well, you know, the, the truck that you and I might drive to work. But now, today, that's com- changed completely. I mean, there's, you can buy 22-inch tires for your car, for, for heaven's sakes, and, and, and not only that, not only has a size range changed, but also uh, on any given car back, you know, 10, 20 years ago, there might be two, two tires made for that car, a summer tire and a winter tire. And that, and that was about it. Now, for any given car model, you, you can buy a number of different tires uh, for summer, different sizes, not just a 14-inch, but you could buy a 14 or a 15 or a 16 or a 17-inch tire. You can buy performance tires, you can buy uh, off-road tires. So our machines have had to change to become much more flexible to be able to make all these different sizes of, of uh, beads that go into the, into the tires. Uh, and it has to have done it in such a way that it's easy, quick and easy for the operator to make those changes. That, that's really been the, the, the biggest uh, the biggest change. And, and of course, the, the, the customers want that uh, flexibility, as I said to happen very quickly. Um, there's tooling that has to be put onto the machine to make a given size. Now they want that that changeover to go from you know style A to style B. They want that to become almost um, almost instantaneous, which is really uh, where we are today. Trying to come up with machines that will very rapidly change from one setup to to
0: the next. And so then that gets me into the point that I just brought up earlier, which is the actual technology that is changing how you manufacture these parts, and one of those is 3D printing. Now, you know, I know 3D printing is still sort of an emerging technology, but is starting to really solidify itself as not just a toy, but a tool, and something that could make its way feasibly into parts for machines that really are in charge of a lot of human safety, things like uh, vehicles. So how do you see 3D printing viably making its way into the automotive industry?
1: Well, we have a, we have a 3D printer here now. As you know, in 3D printing, you, you can the material science is the, is the big uh, area that they're working on in 3D printing. Uh, we have printers that will use uh, several different styles of engineered plastics. And, of course, they have uh, metal printers as well. Uh, they cost quite a bit more. What we use them for right now is we can make parts that would actually go on a machine. But typically, they're going to be maybe a, a small bracket to hold a very small sensor. We do use them for modeling. So now we can create a, a model of a part that we're going to make and see it and hold it and touch it, roll it around, show it to our customer if we, you know if we, if we need to we can make model images of a a finished machine uh of a finished concept of a machine so the communication with a customer becomes that much uh more enhanced because we're showing them an actual albeit model size uh uh, image of the machine that they're going to get not 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 image but uh, the actual piece of plastic they can hold in their hands and it'll look like the machine's actually going to look you can make parts with the 3d printer that you Almost can't make in the in the uh, typical manufacturing world. You can make a hollow part, for example. You can make a very intricate part, and it takes no longer to three D print it than it does uh, any other part. So we're really wrapping our heads around what we can do with w- with these uh, with these machines, and you know it really has to change your way of thinking because we're all brought up to say, well, if I want to make a part out of a hunk of steel, I start with a block and I cut away what I don't want and now you're doing it the other way around. You, you're, you're building it up, and so you have to completely rethink how you can how you can make parts, and it just opens up uh, all kinds of uh, possibilities. Um, and and material selection too. Where typically you're making a machine, you're making it out of uh, steel, metal of some sort, and now uh, b- because that's what your manufacturing process is in your shop. But now you could make it out of Quite exotic materials, if you wanted to, uh, lighter materials, um, uh, and that type, that type of thing. So probably the manufacturing technique that's used to make almost any part. I think um, it's a, it's got a ways to go yet uh, in in that it becomes affordable, but um, it, it's it's it, it will definitely be the way in in the future.
0: So are are you seeing the actual quality of those pieces being three D printed being? Um... Strong enough for something like an automotive part, uh, or is that also something that needs some innovation and some improvement to really nail down? Or is it mostly just the um, just the financial aspect of it that needs to catch up?
1: Yeah, I think it's more the the latter. Uh, they, as I said, they they make uh, 3D printers that will make a, a part of steel. The for our world, we we make precision parts, so we're we're typically in our world we're, we're talking in the thousands. Uh, of an inch, uh, you know, accuracy. They they're certainly at around the two to three thousandths inch resolution on 3D printing right now. Uh, so some of the parts that we need to manufacture, the 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 precision of the 3D part isn't quite there yet, or if it is, it's 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 too expensive for us to even consider. But the lower uh, the lower tolerance parts could be 3D printed. Uh, again, it's just a function of the size of the part that you need to make the printer that we have, you know, has about a a 15, 18 inch uh, envelope volume wise that it can uh, 18 inch cube that it can print within. So if you're making a part bigger than that, you know, how do you make that? So, but that, but that's all, that's all coming for, for, for sure.
0: Definitely. And that sort of brings me into my next point, which is this evolving technology uh, can be, can can sometimes be difficult to keep up with, or you know, can be difficult to master right off the bat. And I think something that's really helping make that easier is automated systems and a lot more uh, connectivity between machinery. Mostly just because it can analyze data from those products, you know, what works, what doesn't and in, in almost real time. And you can use that and and effectively change things in also real time. You know, you don't have to wait for products to be shipped out and used to realize, okay, this design isn't quite working. Uh, you know, you can, you, with with a lot of this uh, plethora of data, you can get that information much faster. So uh, walk me through a little bit of how Bartel is seeing benefits from more interconnected machinery from automated machinery, and what kind of data, especially in the automotive industry, are you starting to see now, maybe that you weren't seeing before, or are starting to see more comprehensively that you were already accessing?
1: Yeah, that's that's a good point. The the To start with, what we're using is uh, we are now able to uh, communicate to any machine we have out there in the world remotely, meaning right here from Rome, New York, uh, we can communicate to a machine uh, that might be in China, let's say or Russia or wherever it happens to be in the world. As long as there's an internet connection, we can now see that machine just as though we are sitting next to it uh, with our laptop. When I say connect to it, I mean uh, the, the programs that are inside the machine that run the machine, either the uh, logic program or the motion program or the uh, operator system. So that's given us the ability to much more quickly resolve a, 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 a request that a customer might have so they might have an issue with the machine running; they, they need some troubleshooting. We're in the old days we'd have to get on the plane and fly over to solve that. Now, sitting right at our desk, we can almost immediately connect to the machine and help them uh, uh, service their machine. So we're doing that now, and then going forward, what we are starting to do is is make that machine uh, proactively uh, contact people that it needs to for uh, let, let's say a, a fault that arises on the machine while it's running. Instead of the operator of the machine having to call his boss to go get the maintenance person, uh, the machine will send a text to the maintenance guy and say, "Hey, I'm down because um, uh, you know my circuit breaker popped or whatever whatever the fault might have might be, an email alert or a text can be sent directly to the to the maintenance guy. The next big area that we're getting into is this analytics. so we're putting in systems where, we can monitor and the customer can monitor his own machines uh, from a performance standpoint. So um, overall, equipment efficiency, OEE, um, you know, is a term used to, to evaluate the effectiveness of a machine. And, you know, world class um, level is like 85 uh, percent efficiency. So if you have a machine that's operating at 85 percent, meaning it's available for operation, uh, it's performing, you know, it's runtime, it's, it's speed. And its quality all add up to eighty-five percent. But most customers don't know what their machine is running at because they they have too many of them, or they're you know they're not they're not connected to the machines. Now with the technology that's there, we we can connect to these machines, all of their machines, and we can see and the customer can see what his uh, what his overall equipment efe- effectiveness is, and if it's below a certain level, or if he's got some machines that are running at say eighty-five percent or eighty percent, and another one that's running at sixty percent he'll see that immediately and then he might be asking us or he might look at the data himself and and be able to understand uh first of all he's got a machine or machines that are not running up to par and then b he might be able to um find out why that machine isn't running at that at the at the effectiveness that it needs to be running at and that's where there's going to be all this growth in in the in the data uh the data collection and and what you do with it to make your everybody wants the machines just to run as efficiently as possible. And, uh, and this will make it much, much easier to even realize that you have issues and then what to do to get your machine up to um, up, up to world class uh, performance.
0: Why do you feel like that is just so so paramount, especially in the automotive industry for there to be that real time data and for you to know when machinery is operating well and when your products are being, um, you know, being put out at the standard that you expect for them, especially as technology continues to change and innovate at such a rapid fire pace?
1: Well, everybody's striving to get the most out of their equipment and you know in the tire world it, 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 it's it's a growing market india and china for example are, are probably going to be the biggest growing markets uh, there, as their economies grow you know more and more people want cars uh, there are more people over there uh, so transportation alone uh, dictates that but you know as as their economies grow people will be buying more and more cars so all the manufacturers of tires want to increase production you know just buying more and more equipment isn't you know, we would love them to buy more and more equipment, which they are. But what else can be done to to improve productivity? And and this is a uh, a, a very effective tool that will allow them to see how they are performing, and then also to be able to um, you know communicate with the with the manufacturer in this case, Bartel, for any changes they might uh, need uh, training. I mean, that's a that's another big piece of this where. Uh, we put in a new machine, we train the operators to run the machine and service it. But after three to six months, we see over and over again where the people we trained have either bid onto different jobs or have left the company. Uh, and so now you have new operators that don't know how to run the machine. And we, you know, we get hired to come back and train their people. Here, we can do it all over the Internet. We can we can talk to the operator directly over the screen. We can walk him through um, the training just as though we were there. We can do it very quickly, uh, which is time saver for the customer and and for Bartel for for us to send our people all over the world to do the training while it's you know it, it's it's good, it's revenue this allows us to do both things much quicker and it saves, saves time and money.
0: Definitely. Well, and that's, that's the goal, right? Is saving time and money is, uh, I think anyone's bottom line. So it's exciting to see that this technology is continuing to innovate in that direction. And especially like, especially as these parts are continuing to evolve too in the automotive industry and Bartel is having a, is having a big hand in in producing some of those, um, like the Twiel. Actually, that's that's something that caught my eye. Could could you dive into a little bit of that product and uh, why a product like that is so important to be manufactured well, and then obviously to have machinery that is intelligent and can communicate between itself and translate that data at a fast speed. Yeah, you mentioned
1: the, the Twiel. So they talk about uh, you know reinventing the wheel. The Twiel is a a, a product. Uh, a tire that has no air in it and if you think of the advantage of that i mentioned before where tires uh as they lose air pressure uh and and they do because you know rubber is not a solid it's 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 a funny material but it 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 does leak air through the through the you know through its wall no or and or it can get in construction sites and off-road and 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 whatnot So the twill is a new version of a tire where there is no air in it so the losing air pressure isn't an issue anymore nor is worried about punctures because there's no air to worry about um you know leaking out what does that mean for bartel well because the tire is fundamentally different uh we have to keep up keep close to manufacturers so that um you know we still play a role in in the manufacture of that of of, you know of, of that product um i think it'll be a while before we, you know we uh car owners uh see tweels out on our cars because there's there are some disadvantages too uh or some challenges that they haven't quite overcome uh but but certainly in the in the agricultural market uh and in construction uh we're seeing that we're seeing the tweel out there now um they're they're right now they're low speed tires but but they're not impervious to say snow for example uh, they uh they the, the ones that we see have open um open structures and you can just imagine that thing getting packed full of snow and ice but they'll of course overcome all that and uh uh you know the day will come where they may be on on cars but you know that that, that that's a way that's a from away from uh now but uh, a lot of innovations are coming out of the out of the tire industry some are some real wild ones i've seen uh tires that are uh, look like a sphere, like a like a ball that would be on a on a car. Uh, it's hard for me even to wrap my head around that, but they're they're trying all kinds of things to to uh, change the world.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's it's exciting that even though that might not be making its way to cars just yet, that such a technology even exists um, because reinventing the wheel isn't something that necessarily people think needs to be done. But as uh, as we said at the beginning of the podcast, as cars start driving more. We need a wheel that's gonna be able to live up to that demand. So I I really wanna thank you for coming on the podcast and giving us all this insight, Paul. It's it's been very, very insightful. Very engaging, and uh, it, it's great to see how Bartel is helping shape the future of the automotive industry and you know, really make sure that the back end, that all that manufacturing equipment is staying up to speed with evolving technology, um, whether that is with connectivity or with the actual technology it's creating. So yeah, again, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Daniel. It's been, uh, been my pleasure. And thank you everyone for listening to today's podcast, and if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.